0: Palm Sunday launches a week of reflection that culminates in celebration. And this week starts off with the beautiful picture of Jesus entering Jerusalem, riding on the back of a donkey. And in doing this, Jesus was fulfilling a prophecy of Zechariah, who said that the king would not ride on in like a horse, a white horse in, in conquest, but rather would ride into Jerusalem humbly on the back of a donkey. And we love the scene of the people all standing and worshiping and praising and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The people were excited to receive their long-awaited Messiah, and yet their hearts were not fully prepared for him. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus revealed his perspective on the great city and its people. In verses 37 through 39 of Matthew 23, he lamented, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent, to, who sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you, desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a scene of remarkable sadness. Jesus knew that the same crowds that were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, at the beginning of the week, were going to be shouting, crucify, crucify, by the end of the week. In fact, in John chapter 2, Jesus reveals that he knew the hearts of people and he because of that he would not trust himself to any individual because he knew the hearts of people. Of men and so you cannot please God with just lip service alone God is pleased through a true and sincere heart so as these people were chanting and celebrating he was already aware that a plot was unfolding to end his life because before he had entered Jerusalem he did something that was absolutely amazing that was a catalyst For all the evil that was about to unfold. In John 11, there's a detailed account of what happened. But to save you some time, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you what happened in John 11. It all started when a friend of Jesus by the name of Lazarus fell sick. News reached Jesus about this, and his disciples wanted him to go to his friend to heal him, but Jesus actually refused. And when it was time, he gathered up his disciples, took them to Judea, but then he had already informed them that Lazarus had passed away. This scene is amazing. Not only because of what he did, but because of who was present there. So he got there and who's there? Well, for one, certain religious leaders were there. And so already Jesus is in trouble, so to speak. You know, there's an element of danger with what he's doing. But there's also two very important characters, Martha and Mary. You might recall Martha and Mary. I, I, I'm particularly fond of Mary. I think that she's a really incredible character in the Bible, one of the most incredible characters in the entire Bible. And to give you a refresher, Martha and Mary, who were they? Well, the one, they were sisters. They were Lazarus's sisters and you might recall them from a certain story in Luke chapter 10. In Luke 10, you might recall that uh, there's a scene where Martha is working away in the kitchen. She's really busy because Jesus is there and she wants everything to be perfect. It's not normal for women to be out hanging out with the men as they're reclining. Normally they're busy and they're working, they're preparing stuff, and uh, Martha gets a little bit irritated with her sister Mary. Mary was not helping her. Instead, as Jesus was teaching, she was sitting at his feet and listening to him. So Martha thought, oh my goodness, my sister, she's being so lazy. So instead of talking to Mary about this, she kind of nudges Jesus. Hey, hey Jesus, don't you think that uh, Mary should be with me in the kitchen helping to uh, make this a good experience for you? And Jesus' response is incredible. He says that, Martha, you concern yourself with so much. You're so worried about all this. But Mary has chosen to do the better thing. Mary knew what was more important that was to be sitting at the feet of her master, listening to his teachings. After the passing of Lazarus, Martha and her sister Mary were both very sad. When Martha saw that Jesus had arrived, she went to him and said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus, in response, told her that her brother would be resurrected, that he would rise again. Martha, not fully grasping what he was saying said, well, I know that he'll be resurrected on the last day. She didn't quite understand where Jesus was going with this idea that her brother would rise again. Well, then Mary came out to him and she said the same thing as Martha. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, these women were heartbroken and they did not understand how Jesus, their good friend, who was capable of healing the sick, multiplying fish and loaves, and was able to even control the very elements of nature, this all-powerful best friend did not have the decency to rescue someone as close to him as his friend Lazarus. And now he was dead Well, Jesus was about to put all criticism to rest. He walked up to the tomb, had them remove the stone from the grave and called out to his friend and what it says was a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. (laughs) And the rest is history. Lazarus comes out of the tomb. They take off the grave clothes. He's wrapped up like a mummy. And so they're peeling all these grave clothes off him so he can see and and, uh, everybody's blown away. There's mixed emotions though. The Pharisees, upon seeing this, they were filled with rage. Their complaint was literally, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Can you believe that? That was their complaint. They did not get it. They thought the Roman Empire, when they got news of this, that they were going to come and destroy their temple and wipe out their people, destroy their traditions... You just saw Jesus bring somebody back to life from the dead. How is it that you are worried at all? But because of this, they became intensely focused on killing Jesus at all costs. They just didn't get it. But Lazarus' sisters got it. And even though they're overjoyed by what they had seen, I suspect it may be a lingering sense of shame as well. For having doubted Jesus. Now imagine this next scene described by John. Jesus and his disciples went to a dinner that was actually intended to honor Jesus. Now I, I wonder to myself right now because I'm thinking, you know, maybe this was not originally intended to be in a, a, a dinner in honor of Jesus. Maybe this was supposed to be the dinner that followed the funeral of Lazarus I don't know I don't know how the culture was exactly back then with these sorts of things but maybe this was supposed to be in honor of Lazarus's life that had just passed and yet who's there <laughs> Lazarus Lazarus is at this dinner as well as his sisters Martha and Mary and once again you have the scene the kitchen Mary's in the kitchen with her sister Martha working away this time taking care of whatever responsibilities they had to their guests she had yet another moment of brilliance she had a perfume called nard now i just learned that this perfume was made from a plant that's found somewhere in the himalayas very rare plant and they said that it that it is that it costs a year wages to have this kind of perfume, so think about it in your terms. this might be 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe a hundred thousand dollars in value. A year's wage is what we're told. Well, after a moment of reflecting on what Jesus had done for her and her family, by resurrecting her brother Lazarus in a spirit of absolute brokenness and humility, she took it into Jesus and anointed him with it. And his tears flowed from her eyes, she wetted his feet. She then unbound her hair, which by the way, that's something very unusual in this culture, is for women to let down her hair in front of women, because normally they have it bound up, and they have it covered. She let it down, and wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. So, I tried to find out Where on earth does this all come from wetting somebody's feet with your tears and wiping their feet with your hair? And I don't know that Mary even understood what she was doing at the moment. I don't think that she even got it. It was just an act of spontaneity. But she was acting in a way that was 100% appropriate in response to what Jesus has done. The lowest form of a servant using their own tears to wet somebody's feet and wiping their feet with their own hair. And by the way, remember that scene with Lazarus and when he came out of the tomb? Before they moved that stone away, they said, No, you can't roll the stone away. The body's been in there for so long. If you move that stone, the whole place is going to smell because of the odor from his body. I suspect that maybe this perfume they had, maybe it was originally intended to anoint Lazarus. Think think. to after Jesus was killed. And we see that the ladies arrive later to anoint his body. To prepare it with spices and all that. Preserve it. Um, and to get rid of the odor. Um, well right here they have this very expensive perfume. And what does Mary do with it? Well, she anoints Jesus with it. And Jesus even says that she has done this. Prepare me for my burial. And so I wonder if maybe this was intended for her brother Lazarus. But Jesus interrupted those plans. And so instead of. Using this. To get rid of the stench from her brother's body. Then now she's using it. To anoint Jesus and prepare. His body for burial. What she did was right. It was good. And one of the few forms of pure worship. Throughout All of history. In fact, Jesus said wherever the gospel is preached, so will this woman's message. So will her act of love be preached as well. Somebody else was there though. Judas. And when he saw this perfume being poured out on Jesus, his heart sank. Not for any good reason, but because he sees that they could have sold it and given the money to the poor. At least that's what he said. The truth was, his heart sank because he was the treasurer. And if they sold that perfume for a year's wage, it would go into the treasury. And Judas was stealing from the treasury as the treasurer. And so after he rebuked Mary for what she had done, Jesus turns and rebukes him and praised Mary for her selfless act of worship. After this event that Jesus entered Jerusalem, received with a royal welcome. Judas then went to the Pharisees and made a deal with them. Perhaps this event at this house was the final straw for him as well. The Pharisees were now totally fed up because of the miracle Jesus performed on Lazarus. And in this week, Holy Week, we would see Jesus clearing the temple teaching his disciples, debating the religious leaders, and ultimately being crucified. And before he was crucified, he would eat the Passover meal, one final feast with his disciples, before Judas would betray him into the hands of his enemies. So we take this week as a holy week, to remember all that Jesus has done for us. He came into this world, he lived among us, he took upon our sins, died on a cross, and was buried in a tomb. Had the story ended there, it would be the worst tragedy in all of human history. And yet, this tragedy became a triumph. For we know that although Jesus was killed on a Friday, he would be raised to life again on a Sunday. Let us remember the goodness and the power of our God. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.